episode 378 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast that has the potential to win three Twippy Awards. Is it too early to start campaigning? I'm really excited for all of you listeners out there because this show is going to be great. I woke up with a bunch of energy. I'm going to talk about what's happened in pinball this year and what I think is going to happen in the future of this year for all these companies. It's going to be good. We're going to get right to it. Before I do that, I want to give a big shout out to one of my Patreon supporters. His name is Lou and Lou has donated the most money out of anybody to this podcast. And Lou, thank you so much. If you ever make it to New York City, I'm taking you out for a nice dinner, my friend. Um, And for those of you, as I said, if you donate to to Canada Pinball's Patreon page, I'm using those funds to take Brenda out for a dinner. So I appreciate every single dollar that you donate every month. It goes to a very good cause, which is Brenda's tummy. And if you want to keep a wife happy, especially an Irish wife, it's through her tummy, not her heart. All right. So let's talk about pinball. All right, so what has happened so far this year? All right, we've had the Munsters. We've had sort of Beatles came out sort of at the end of last year. We've had Willy Wonka come out. We've had Pirates of the Caribbean cease production. We've had Monster Bash remake LE. All right, so what else is we, what, what am I missing here? We've had um, Black Knight, Sword of Rage. We've had Aldous Cooper's Nightmare Castle. The return of 40 Big Lebowski games. Oh, you know Canada's got one. Uh-oh, we'll talk. Well, I'm going to read some of your emails that I got around my latest podcast where I reveal and I come clean about all of my new acquisitions. All right, so here's what I think. Here's what I think. You know, this year has seen a lot of games come out, and, you know, for the most part, it's it's been an exciting year in pinball. I think the biggest story for me this year, though, has been the absence of Deep Root. And we're going to talk about that as we think about what are they going to show us in November. But this was supposed to be the year in which the five days of Deep Root sort of inundated us with all these games. And we were supposed to have sort of this revolution take place. Haven't seen it yet. We've seen, uh, let me do company by company because I think that'll that'll help me focus as I'm, I'm, I'm sort of going nuts here recording this episode. All right, so let's start with Stern's year. We'll start with the big dogs. So it's, I think it's fair to say that Stern has had mediocre titles with the Beatles, with the Munsters, and with uh, Sword of Rage, Black Knight. I think it's fair to say that those games all failed to capture the imagination of pinball buyers and players. And, and they, you know, I, would, I, I think they're like B or C titles. I don't think any of those games are going to go down as classic games. You know, and, you know, the Beatles was just ridiculously overpriced. Everyone agrees. Munsters just had some of the worst code ever that Stern has put in a game. Everyone agrees, uh, you know, and nothing truly original in the game. Doesn't mean it doesn't shoot well. I just think the code compared to what Stern's done in other games, just really lackluster. And Black Knight sort of rage, just, you know, just seems barren game and animations are great. Um, Game is brutal though, brutal game. And, you know, for the most part, eh, you know, people want licensed themes. We know that. Okay. So now Stern has Jurassic Park, and that game came roaring out of the gates with, you know, Keith Elwin design, a, a T-Rex that's throwing balls around. Uh, you know, some we talked a lot about it. I think Jurassic Park is going to be a humongous success for Stern. I think most people who are playing the game, I'm, I'm reading people's reviews from Pinberg, they love it. They love it. I'm hearing nothing but good things about the game. So I think Jurassic Park is going to be a juggernaut title for Stern. That leads us to what is coming in the future for Stern, and that is Elvira. We know it's coming. It's coming this October, November. If you were to ask me when we're going to see it, 
Stern is going to do their classic move. They are not going to bring it to Expo, and they are going to make us wait till like a week after Expo, and they're going to have IGN break the news on Elvira, which is the laziest and the lamest way to reveal the game. If I were Stern, bring it to Expo. Hopefully, it's playable. I, I just, you know, it's going to happen, though. And here's what I'm hearing about Elvira. It's called Elvira, I want to say Haunted Mansion, uh, and it's or Haunted House. I think it's Haunted Mansion, and there's like a big castle in the back of the game that looks a lot like the medieval madness castle. And it's supposed to be one of the bigger mechs that Stern has ever put into a game. And I heard the art package is stunning. So get your cleavage dreams ready, people, because Elvira is coming. I also think moving into 2020 or moving towards it, here's my, here's my guess. I think Stern is going to vault something. I don't think the only thing we're going to see between now and the end of the year is going to be Elvira. I think they're going to vault something or they're going to have another one of these like licensed games come out, you know, like Primus and PBR and all that, you know, all that, all that stuff. I, I don't care about the licensed games because we know that they're always going to be one of two play fields, right? It's either going to look like Supreme or it's going to look like, you know, the the Primus game, and that's it. You know, Woe Nelly sort of uh, layout, which I think is completely boring. But look, I think it's going to be a huge year for Stern. I think Jurassic Park is going to be a juggernaut. Now, let's move to Jersey Jack Pinball, okay? Jersey Jack's had a weird year. They, they really have, and, and I'll explain why. Uh, you know, just at the moment in which Pirates of the Caribbean was becoming one of the most hyped games and reviews of the game were 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 outstanding. I mean, go read Pirates of the Caribbean reviews on Pinside. I, I don't think I've seen a title in which people have gushed over it the way they gush over Pirates. So just when people want the game, they stop making it. All right, think about that for a minute. Do you think in a million years, Stern Pinball would ever stop making a game that people want in the middle, the, the, the middle of when people want it the most, they Take the game off the line. Think about that for a minute. Just, just let that let that business decision set in. That is why Stern is so successful. So they they remove pirates from the line. Then we get the Willy Wonk. No, not the no. Then we get the Yellow Brick Road edition of of Wizard of Oz, which is the biggest cash grab weird version of that game ever. Right? They removed stuff from the game, charged you more money, and then didn't even tell you how many they were making. It was the weirdest launch ever. I was there when Jack announced it. It's like, it's limited to 250 this year, then we're gonna make more and we're not telling you how many. How's that for a limited edition, right? It's, it's, it's insanely ridiculous. And you know, if you bought a Yellow Brick Road edition, you, you, you see, here's the thing, here's the thing. And, and, and I, I don't know if you agree or not, but you never wanna spend a lot of money on a game and then you have to be defensive and make excuses when people ask you, why did you do that, you silly fool? Because only a fool would buy an $11,500 version of Wizard of Oz that has mechanisms removed, especially when you can go get today a mint Wizard of Oz Emerald City Edition or a Ruby Red. Both of those games, both of them are selling right now for like $7,500 from collectors because they made so many of them, all right, thousands of them were made, and there are better versions of the game, 
and you're going to spend 4000 more on a removed feature version. Okay, so that that game is stupid. Let's just be honest. It's stupid. It's a, It was just meant to put something on the line. At least Jack had the game on the line when he revealed it. Okay, then came Willy Wonka, right? The game where Canada loses all credibility. Willy Wonka's revealed, and Jack ships it when he promised by July 4th. I still think they revealed it too early. I'm happy I got to go play it. I'm happy I got to hype because I was excited. They still revealed it too early when you think about it. They really should have waited till the game was on the line because hype hype has been sinking, not climbing on this game. Hype will sink on every game as months go by because we have short attention spans with new games. So Willy Wonka, Jersey Jack, their big game. We've all been waiting for it. The game that would finally put the assets into the machine that we wanted. It's an iconic classic theme. You know, he has a great relationship with Warner Brothers, and you know the story. Game shoots well. Pat Lawler design game. Nobody's arguing about how the game shoots. Probably the worst, the worst pro cabinet artwork I've ever seen. That standard edition cabinet artwork is horrendous. They should be ashamed of themselves. The LE artwork should have been the standard, the, the, you know, the, the, the base level cabinet artwork. I don't understand why they did that. They, they, they chose to do that. It, it, it boggles my mind. You know, I've been offering my services to Jersey Jack Pinball. Now, Bill Brand is my friend of the show. has been telling Jack, just hire Chris. Hire Chris. Here's the thing. You don't even have to hire me, Jack. I'll just do it for free. How about that? I won't even charge you my $300 an hour like bill rate that my clients have to pay. They don't do it. They, it's like, who's calling the shots over there? All right, so they do that, all right? They give you this like $7,500 Jersey Jack game, but that's a great price. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you look at Jersey Jack history, let's, let's not look at stuff in a vacuum. Let's zoom out a little bit, people. Every single Jersey Jack LE game that I'm seeing on the used market sells for like $7,500. So if you just wait a little bit, you can get the better version of Willy Wonka. It'll happen. They're going to make so many of them. It's like Black Arrow Edition Hobbits. I'm saying that's 6400 bucks. How much was that game new? $8,000, $9,000? I mean, Hobbits are going like now like six grand. Insane deals, right? These are great games for those prices. Um, you know, so it's, you know, they, they make this game to make it the operator's dream. They make it so like the ball times are really fast. Like game is brutal. Like they want the average ball time on Willy Wonka to be three minutes. But here's the thing. Ding, ding, ding. Wake up, Pat Lawler. Wake up, Jersey Jack. People who buy your games for the most part are home use players. They don't want three minute ball times. They want to get deeper into the game and they want to have a longer experience with these expensive premium pinball machines and you designed it to be the complete opposite. And don't even get me freaking started again that you took the movie everybody loved and you butchered it with the code. I will never get over it. How could you do that? idiotic move idiotic move i will say it to their faces i will say to them at shows how did you do that oh it's going to be repetitive if people keep hearing the scenes they love yeah that's a smart decision that's why they need a canada in the goddamn conference room people when they make these decisions so i can say hey cats sit down lawler sit down you know what i think happened i think like lawler like designed this game 
kind of a little bit in a vacuum. And then like he just handed it and like, okay, so you have to code this. Okay, but none of these mechs really make sense compared to the movie scenes. Oh, oh so okay. Okay, so it spins. The gobstopper spins. And then what? A ball goes in. Okay, okay. There's nothing in the movie about like the gobstopper locking balls. Makes no sense. But okay, it's in there. It's in there. Okay, the Wonkivator. Okay, that, that that's the end of the movie, right? Where they crash out of it and they go over the, the city. Okay, so why is it why is it coming into play before the end of the game? Why? I don't understand. Oh, wait. Hey, this was the funniest decision they ever made. Hey, people are going to see balls locked up there, and they're going to want to play this game to unlock those balls. When they said that, I was like, are you fucking... Sorry. I, sorry for Christmas. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, you think that people are going to walk by a machine, see balls up there, and say, hey, wouldn't it be fun to try to get those balls down? Oh, yeah. Jersey Jack Marketing at its finest. Great design decision, Pat Lawler. You nailed it. You really know how to get people attracted to the games in 2019. Great job. No, look, I'm being a little bit overly strident and making fun of it. But look, you know how I feel. I wanted to love this game so much. And they buried the the, the movie we love. Okay? All right. All right. What's What else? Am I being unfair? Should I have made more fun of Stern for not giving us the Jurassic Park movie we love? Or jo- George Gomez saying they can't get the Jeep in the, can't get the, Jeep in the game? can't do it. We, I wanted to, but couldn't do it. Yes, you could, George. Here's some money. I got a suitcase full of money. Let's go get that Jeep. Let's call up Chrysler, Fiat, and get that Jeep in the game. You got to be kidding me. These car companies, let me tell you, they're dying for extra exposure. When you see it in the game, it would probably make you want to buy a Jeep. So they wouldn't have been like, it's a fortune to put it in there. Come on. How much, George? Come clean. I came clean. I told you how much people donate to this show. How much would it have been? I wish these, imagine if these companies, imagine if these companies would actually come clean and tell us, hey, to get this in the game, it's going to cost this much more and we need this many orders of the game with non-refundable deposits and we'll put everything you want into the game. Wouldn't that be nice? They actually give you the chance to put the assets you want in the game. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Let's not have the final wizard mode be, uh, you know, when uh, Charlie breaks through the the Wonkivator. Let, let's have the final wizard mode be pure imagination, which is a scene that happens at the very beginning of the movie. That makes a lot of sense. I hate it. I can't stand it. I'm going crazy this Saturday morning. Okay. So Jersey Jack, what does the future hold? So Guns N' Roses is coming, right? It sucks that Jack's titles have all leaked, right? It's like he, he really unfortunate that when that guy left, everyone knows everything. It's also here's the reason why Jack tells people at shows that Guns N' Roses is coming. I mean, it's he I mean, I have people who like hit me up like I just talked to Jack. He said Guns N' Roses is next. And that slash went to Paul McCartney and got him live and let die. Hey, like, why are you telling people this? It's not, you need people to be buying Willy Wonka. They should not be thinking about the next title. And don't hype the next title while the title that you have on the line needs all the hype. All right. So Guns N' Roses, I think it's going to do great. I think the band is bigger than a lot of people realize. And uh, music pins are something that seem to do very well. I mean, music pins have done very well for Stern, uh, ACDC, Metallica. And this is an Eric game. And I can't underscore and I can't express enough how people are are more excited, I think, to get an Eric game than a Pat Lawler game. They just are. I think Eric is is like Keith. I think these new designers are where people are gravitating towards because they want new stuff in pinball. And I think here's the big question mark. We know Eric wants to put a ton into a game. We saw it with Pirates. We saw with Willy Wonka, a lot was taken out, right? No longer looks like that jam-packed Jersey Jack premium experience. It doesn't. It, there's no way around that. But will Eric give us a lot in this game, or is he going to fall victim 
to the same direction that Wonka went in, which was like, let's take more out, let's make it more operator friendly, let's make it simpler, and and we'll, we'll it'll be easier to make, it'll be less, you know, have less complications, it'll be more reliable, or is he going to give us everything in the kitchen sink? And I, I think it's going to be, I'm really interested because the original Guns N' Roses game is wide body, had two, you know, shooter lanes, had the big GNR ramps. Uh, I want to see a lot in this game. And so that's what I'm waiting to see is like, what magic is Eric going to bring into this game? And it has to be magical. It has to be. Because here's my other thing. If Jersey Jack really is going to turn a corner and, you know, get like a game at least or two out a year, uh, I, I really do think they need to make these games as successful as possible because I just... I know how expensive it is to run Jersey Jack Pim. I mean, I don't know the exact number, but it's a big place, and they need to have games be successful. They can't have these games sort of just be mediocre. Uh, they're not like Stern. They'll never be like Stern. Stern is just on a whole nother level of success. Stern is on a whole nother level of strategy. Stern knows how to do it perfectly. They don't. They don't. They don't stray the course. And when I look at all these pinball companies, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. They don't stray the course. Stern shows everyone how to do it. Pro, premium, LE. As far as I'm concerned, any pinball company that wants to be at scale and be successful or create demand and hype for their products at launch, they you at least need like an LE and a premium. You need to give two options. People like options. And collectors like something that's limited. And any company that comes out without limited stuff is idiotic, if you ask me. All right. So Jersey Jack, you know, look, I think it's going to be interesting. I don't, you know, I don't think Guns N' Roses is really going to start shipping until, I think we're going to see it in December, in January, February, and I think it's going to ship in March. I think that's going to be Guns N' Roses. I think we'll see it by the end of the year, and I think Jack brings playable games. The game will be on the line by TPF. I, he still needs to sell Wonka, right? Wonka Collector's Editions. We didn't even talk about that. I mean, come on. You know how I feel. They would have sold all of these games. They're not going to sell very well at the end of the run. It's just the way it's going to go. All right. All right, Jersey Jack. Who's next? Spooky Pinball. Uh, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Game is, uh, game is just coming out without many issues. Like, people are enjoying it. You know, when I, when I go quiet on a company, it's usually one or two things. I either don't care at all, which is like my feelings on home pin, which I'll talk about. I either don't care at all because I know you don't care at all, or things are just going great. And there's not really much to say other than people are opening up Alice Cooper's. They're enjoying it. They're playing it. The code's getting more, you know, is going to get improved, which is awesome news. The game, I think the game looks awesome, man. I don't know. I look over that game and I get it. It has like tight shots. There are brick shots. But have you seen some of the mods people are doing where they're building on top of the castle? I mean, it's a freaking cool-looking game. I mean, it is. And that company keeps making games better and better. Scott Denisi game number two is, I think it's going to be at Expo. Not sure what it is. I think the, his haunted house stuff has been a joke. I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be that. It's going to be a multi-level game. So there will be ramps in it, which will be really fun. I don't, is that multi-level or just those ramps? I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know much about pinball. I tell people all the time, I have the number one pinball podcast, and I have a very cursory understanding of this hobby, which drives all the other people crazy who do pinball podcasts who know so much. They're so detailed with their explanations of whitewater restorations. <laughs> oh, I love you, pinball podcasters. You know I do. You know I do. I just wish you would say my name sometimes. You know my favorite shows, Special One Lit, Straight Down the Middle, This Week in Pinball. 
You know, I listen to Head to Head. I listen to it as much as I can. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, everyone. Let's go back. So, Spooky, um, I think Scott Denise is game number two. No clue what it's going to be. So, I think Spooky's doing it right. I think we will see the game when it is on the line. But the real question is this. That's Scott Denise's next game. But what's Charlie's next game? So, that is what I'm curious about. You know, he, he, he I, there's no rumors of anything um, so I'm really curious to see what Spooky Pinball comes out with next. All right, who's next on our list? American Pinball. Let's go to American Pinball. Oh, my God, American Pinball. Okay, I love America. I love pinball. Why can't it just work out, right? Why can't they just put the two things together in a way that works? So American Pinball has pretty much given up on Oktoberfest sales. They're already hyping game number three. They're, they, they themselves are teasing game number three. So that tells me that they've given up. That somewhere in a boardroom, someone's like, crap, we have to sell Oktoberfest in August? It's over. It's over. Who, like, it is so, that title is just, we're, they're already being sold on the used market for less than new. It's over. It, it was botched from the very beginning. Remember, they showed you that game in October of 2018, and then they didn't ship it for six months. Think about that for a minute. Yeah, good move, guys. Not like I've been saying on this podcast for three years. Don't show anything until the game is on the line. And they didn't. And look what happened. Another sales failure. And here's what they're doing. As they're not getting good sales and sales are dismal, they're building a bigger factory. Yeah, that's what you do. That's, that's totally the right move to do with daddy's money. I mean, that's what's happening here. Let's just be honest. I mean, double and normal. Where is this money coming from? Oh, daddy's got a company where daddy makes tens of millions of dollars a year. Making, they have an advantage. They have an advantage. They have internal capital. They have manufacturing capabilities. They can make the board. This company should be crushing it, crushing it. It, it, it makes me so mad because if my dad had that kind of company and that kind of manufacturing capabilities, they, they, like it's, it's like it's all right there and they can't figure it out. I, I don't understand. And you see their latest strategy? If you want a license game, you have to put up the money for the license and then they'll make the game. It's like $100,000 plus. And then they, so you have to take the risk financially and then they'll make the game. Hey guys, newsflash. It's your company. Why don't you put up the money for the license and actually make a game people want? How's that for like a novel idea? And I know I'm being really hard on American Pinball because I love America and I love pinball and I'm just sick of this. I'm so sick of these companies that like, what are you, why are you even bothering then? Why are you bothering to make pinball games if you're going to do it like this? And I've been telling Normal, call me, call me, call Canada, CanadaPinball at gmail.com. I, I, I guarantee if they would let me come in and help them figure out a theme and a game, I would sell them two to three times more titles. I, I, I would even say, I, I, I know I could do this because they're doing it all wrong. The other thing they're doing all wrong, and sorry, this is I'm, I'm getting really loud now, is, is they make a game. Let's just be honest on this podcast, right? This is why you listen to Canada. They make a game and they tell you this. We're, we're going to have one trim level of the game and we're going to make unlimited amounts of it and there's absolutely no need for you to buy it today. That, that's, that's great marketing. You know why they do that? Because they sit in a room and they're like, you know, it's really not 
cool the way like these rich guys have their like expensive pins and they get to cut the line and and we want to make pinball for the masses and we want to go after Stern and here here's what we'll do we'll give you more in the game and we'll charge you what Stern does for a premium and we'll watch Stern sell out overnight of 600 monsters or 500 Jurassic Parks or 500 Iron Maidens or 800 Star Wars we'll watch Stern make all those millions of dollars and we won't follow that strategy We'll do it differently, and it's going to work. Yeah, how's it working, Davil and Normal? You don't understand. You need to either put a limit on the number of games you're going to make so that people at least have an urgency to buy it, or you need to figure out like an LE premium strategy with these games. But what you're doing now is not working, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. The art is so bad on Oktoberfest that they should be ashamed. Let me let me just for a moment tell you guys how easy it is to find a good artist. This notion that like Franchi or Yeti or any of these artists are sacred beings that can't be replaced is ridiculous. They're every single talented tattoo artist could you know make a pinball machine it's it's art there and they're look and they will be the first ones to tell you this they know look these gentlemen are franchi and yeti if you're listening you are extremely talented but you know that there are thousands of people with similar artistic talents in the world now you guys each have your own niche and styles and that's great and look and not even all those artists are applying it in ways that they are but here's the thing what i'm saying is if you want to find a great artist, you can great get a great artist. And you can get a great, incredible, like like one of the best art packages in pinball history for like $10,000 or $20,000. And that's one-time cost that will sell you a ton of games. The decision to like put that art in the game, it's game over from day one. And those people stood over that game and said, it looks good. Let's, 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 let's make this Oktoberfest. So, so, so what, what, like, are we surprised? That people looked at it and it looked, you know, it looks terrible, you know, and and then look, because no, here's the thing, nobody wants to spend seventy five hundred dollars on anything, and the feedback is, well, it's not as bad as people think. It's not that bad. You, that's not that's not a, a a response you want from a pinball customer. It's not that bad. You want people to be like, oh my god, it's gorgeous, and you can't say that. But you should have been able to say much better things about it, and we couldn't. Look, I'm not going to harp a thing. Their, their next game is is make or break. It, it is. It's make or break time. I mean, look, maybe maybe they can keep funding this themselves, but it's make or break time. Um, the next game, the four themes that they put out there, which were apparently their market research, Robin Hood, Sherlock Holmes, Valkyrie, and Poker Run. Okay. Everybody, pack up the bags, seal the boxes, close for business. If that's what they're going in that direction against what we know is coming out in the pinball world, it's, it's just... It's just going to keep being the same, like, eh, you know, eh, Sherlock Holmes, eh, how, you know, Robin Hood? Have, have you seen a Robin Hood movie lately? Have you seen how bad that franchise is? Hey, you know, Dobble Nermal, let me, let me throw some uh, themes out there for you you could go get. How about, um, how about He-Man, Masters of the Universe? How about you go get that? Hmm? How about G.I. Joe? How about you go get, hmm, I don't know. People might even like just go look at John Landis movies. How about Ferris Bueller's Day Off? How about um, The Matrix, which we know is available? You know, how about you spend the money on that? And I guarantee you'll you'll sell a few thousand games. Or you could give me Valkyrie and just, yeah, Valkyrie. 
Okay. Yeah, that'll be as successful as Wrath of Olympus. Okay. Look, I know I'm being like a bit of a jerk. And this is this is like I've been more positive lately, but I just I just I just have to say, like in 2020, with what's coming from other manufacturers, these guys either get it together or it's game over. I, I've said it before, and I'm not wishing them to fail. You see what I'm saying? I I they, their destiny is in their hands. Wake up. Maybe they don't listen to this show. Normal. And congratulations on the wedding. But man, now's the time to wake up. You guys have the ability to become pinball famous, to make great pinball machines. You're not doing it. You need to hear that feedback. You're not doing it. The other thing is this, and I'm going to say this, their distributors are telling them that. And here's what their distributors tell me. They're not listening to their distributors. It's like they're just like pig-headed. They need, I, look, in, in my business, if I had a team that was running stuff like this, fire them all. Get these people out of here. I want a whole new team with a whole new approach because whatever these people are saying is the way to go is not the way to go. All right. Okay. All right, God, man, Canada, what the hell's wrong with you today? Jeez, little, I mean, maybe I'm just a little hungover, but this is, this is not the way to win a third Twippy. It's not going to happen. I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose, you know? <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna win who's gonna win oh my um okay who's gonna win? <laughs> do i still have your twippy votes people get them ready i'm gonna start campaigning so early this is gonna be like you know like pumpkin spice latte comes out in like august for like starbucks you know uh it's gonna be interesting this year to see who actually asks you for twippy votes it was like last year was amazing like nobody wanted to come out and say the twippies mattered and then you know i was campaigning early i it's never too early to campaign for a, a third twippy victory all right so let's go to the next company, uh, Chicago Gaming Company and Monster Bash. Uh, so here's the thing about Monster Bash. Like you really don't hear much about it. And I've said this before. Like when you remake a game that's already been out for many, many years, there's just, you know, there's a notion that it's not a new experience. It's, it's just sort of an enhanced experience that you've had before. Monster Bash Remake LE is a gorgeous game. I, I think out of all the new games I've stood over, it is the one that visually... Even with its older artwork, even with it's still the ultimate world under glass game that you could have bought this year. I mean, way more than even Jurassic Park. Let's not fool ourselves. If you've if you've stood over someone's Monster Bash remake, Ellie, and haven't just smiled, and and it, and it really does make me sad when I stand over a game like that because. It reminds me how much we've removed from pinball machines these days, and how so many pinball machines nowadays are are, are like you know they've cut corners or they've gone backwards with mech designs and so you know that game is is just completely stellar so uh, but the problem with chicago gaming company this year was basically how long it took them to get the games out and they're still not getting the games all the games out to people so you know that delay has really sort of i i think made people a little frustrated you know it's almost people have waited almost a year to get their games and so what does that mean for the future so cactus canyon is next here's my take on chicago gaming they will always sell these games. They will sell them out. The LEs, and no matter how many they make of these, you know, whether it's Big Bang Bar or Cactus Canyon or Theater of Magic, they, they will sell these games because they're making the most desirable version 
of the best pinball machines that have ever been out. And everyone knows that. And when you see these updated versions of the game, they do make the older versions look much more dated. And what they're doing with the screen, I think, was really smart. Uh, with the sound and with the lights and the mirror blades, it's all the just the right amount of, of improvement that makes these games incredible. And so, you know, look, I think we're going to have to wait longer than we wanted to to see these kinds of games come out. I think it would be in their best benefit to get the games out a little bit quicker because how long is this bull run or this bull market um, going to last with all these pinball machines? But, you know, Cactus Canyon is next. And, you know, they're going to improve the code in it, I heard. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. All right. So what's next? Who am I missing here? So I've got Spooky. I've got Stern. i got JJP. I didn't even do notes. I don't do any show notes. I don't even do any editing of this show. It's it's why you're sitting in your car. Or you're, you're listening right now. You're like, Canada, get on with it. Okay. So let's talk about suncoast pinball and what you know circus maximus no i just i just combined two so suncoast pinball has cosmic carnival right the game in which they made 250 limited edition plaques a lot of those plaques gonna stay in drawers guys drawers drawers or drawers drawer you know i i am so great at enunciating simple words all the private school education my parents put me through drawers um yeah basically what i'm saying is those they're not going to make 250 games they're not going to sell 250 cosmic carnivals just not happening um i've said it before i don't understand i don't understand the person who wants to make money who says let's make a pinball company and let's make a pinball game here's why i don't get it you could go to stern you could go to a contract manufacturing pinball company and they'll make you something if you put up the money they will we know that why do this why 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 i mean like i get why the people who are doing it they're very passionate they love pinball you know it's it's a passion project they're putting their heart and soul into it and they're giving you a chance to buy something that's unique and different i get it and you know what we shouldn't make fun of that like i i do applaud people who can get it done and they got it done they got it done they got the games in boxes and they got it to people we should always applaud that in, in, in on this podcast and in the pinball world where where others failed they actually did it now but from that point we're allowed to just critique it like you can make a movie and i could say congratulations you made the movie now do I like the movie? Is the movie good? Am I allowed to critique the movie? Um, look, I, I think the game is a beautiful work of art. I think Donnie's stuff, you know, looks great. Same color palette as Aerosmith was a humongous mistake. Looks like an Aerosmith game. It just it just looks like Aerosmith. It's like, hey, it's Aerosmith. Oh, wait, it's Cosmic Carnival. Um, you know what I'm saying? So that was a mistake. It just He should have gone a different color palette direction on it. Uh, game's really simple, basic. I, you know, it's not that expensive, and it's for the person who wants something different. Here's here's the thing. Am I am I now I'm like a game two? Nah. Yeah, if you don't impress with game one, I, I'm not really looking forward to game two. So we'll see what happens. So I guess the just to finish quickly on these guys, they need to do something magical for game two. But I don't think they're gonna make money on game one to invest in game two. And with everything coming out, it, I, it's another one of like I'd be surprised if we see them still operating in 2020. I'll just say that. All right. Okay. God, Canada, you're so negative on this pinball. I'm not. I've said so many positive things about so many companies, right? Right? Um, okay, who's next? Who's next? I'm going to pull up Pinside because I think I'm... Oh, P3 Multimorphic. P3 Multimorphic. Right now, Jerry's like, please, please don't say something. Please don't say what I think you're going to say. Please don't say what I think you're going to say. Jerry, I'm going to say what you think I'm going to say. 
it it's like it's make or break time make or break it's been make or break time for seven years on this title jerry i want to sit you down over a steak dinner if you eat steak be like come on man let's just go make the matrix how about we do that let's just go get the matrix license let's just do it and let's make money how's that sound why am i doing my tony Montana? but you know what i'm saying at some point you know, Jerry's like a smart guy. He just he needs he needs he needs a dude like me. He needs a marketer. He's a, he's an engineer. You need a creative. You need to. It's art and science. He's got all the science down, but the art is all missing. And I and I mean that. And you know, he's he keeps saying he's teasing this this game that's about to come out that he says is gonna like, you know, be the moment in which people are gonna see the potential of the platform. Um, I don't know. I don't know. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. You know. You only get to make love to a woman so many times where if she's not satisfied, you can't keep waking her up every day and say, I haven't quite hit my potential yet, babe, but keep giving me seven more years and eventually I'll, I'll, I'll get you to climax. No, that's not how it works in pinball and with the ladies I hear. All right. All right, man, for you kids listening to this show, just, you know, don't ask your parents about that that metaphor. All right. Who am I missing here? I've, I've, I'm going down the list. I did JJP, Spooky. Highway Pinball. Uh, no, so Pinball Brothers. Pinball Brothers. Like the the big question mark. Like are they going to come back? And I've been told that they are coming back. That they have like four or five games ready to go. They've got Alien coming back. They've got Queen. Ah, oh, Pinball Brothers. Where are they? You know, they're not saying anything. And someone said to me, well, they're taking your advice, Chris. You said don't talk until you're ready. So maybe they are. Maybe they're not. So big mystery. Big mystery if, if, if Pinball Brothers is coming back with some titles. All right, what else is going on? Dutch pinball, we all know the story there. We all know about the Big Lebowski, the ARA drama. Um, here's the thing, too, I didn't mention. They don't have any cabinets for those 100. They have 100 parts or 100 games worth of parts, but no cabinets. See, here's the problem. Here's why I don't think this thing's ever going to get off the ground again. Because for Barry to get it off the ground again, games aren't made so to make those other games he needs pre-order money or outside investor dollars who's gonna do that who's nobody's gonna give them any money nobody no way you'd be a the only reason these games are selling is because they're done they're in a box and they're ready to go to people all right let me go down the list here i didn't okay i think i've covered everybody of uh, worth covering now, I, I know I left out like Kingpin, and I look, if American Pinball doesn't make Kingpin, I like go make it. Davo Normal, just go make Kingpin and sell like a thousand to fifteen hundred. But here's the thing too, the Kingpin guys are also being idiotic. They're not saying they should make it limited and they should charge a lot. It's a rare old game that was worth like fifty thousand dollars. Don't make five thousand of them. Don't be stupid. Maintain some of its collectible integrity people stop being stupid so they could sell we're gonna make make it like big bang bar we're gonna make 250 kingpins and they're twenty thousand dollars each and then you sell out and you go on to the next rare title maybe remake king kong again and do the same thing we're only gonna make 250 of iconic rarest of the rare games and they're twenty thousand dollars and that's it and guess what yeah, like you'll have some people cry and moan about that and then you'll sell out of all of them. And it's easier to make that many. 
you maintain the integrity of the collectible nature of those games. Oh, but don't listen to Canada. Let's just, let's just, because these people, they wake up, like, let's just do what's good for the pinball community and they get everybody. Let me tell you, Stern is eating everybody's lunch because Stern is the one who's expanding pinball. Stern is getting people in the themes they want. You guys are taking like the diehard enthusiast things and you're trying to like make them mass appeal, which leads me to my next company, Deep Root. Deep Root Pinball. I know they listen. Robert, team, turn up the volume on that expensive speaker system you guys probably have over there, Deep Root Pinball. All the money's going out. Nothing's coming in. Let's talk Deep Root. We have to. These guys have gotten like, they, you know, I want to say the first thing I want to say is this. I want to say Robert has been a man of his word. And I'm not being facetious here. He gave people money back who asked for money. The Zidware customers that got burned that had the option of getting money back or getting games. Uh, I heard from customers who asked for money back and they got money back from Robert. Now look, say what you will about his hyperbole, about his bold promises. We have to applaud the man for staying true to his word and doing that for Zidware customers who got burned, okay? So I think, I think you know, if you can just hear me, I'm kind of like clapping with one hand for you, Robert, but that was well done. Now, Robert has also done what I suggested they do, which is say nothing until you're ready to pull the curtain back on something that's going to wow people. I would not have done all of those seminars. I would not have gone to the shows and interviewed themselves congratulating each other and how amazing they are. And congratulations on being the most pinball machines shipped in a single year. And we're going to do things that are, oh, wow. And Steve Bowden like moved here. So that means everything's incredible. I, I just wouldn't have done any of that. You know, they're, they're, they have a lot of intrigue and they have a lot of mystery and they've got a lot of expectations to meet now that are bigger than they should be or needed to be or had to be. We expect a lot. We expect a lot. We, we Here's what people are expecting. They're expecting to see the most gorgeous pinball machines ever because we've seen Alice in Wonderland. We've seen Magic Girl. We've seen Raza. We've seen what John Papaduke is capable of when he is creatively designing a game and it blows almost everyone else away when it comes to creative design. It does. I don't think people would doubt that. Stand over a Magic Girl even today. There's something about the way he puts creativity down beneath the glass and with how he's able to get the most out of artists that is just simply incredible you know john papaduke look at his use of matt andrews and then look at scott denisi's art direction of matt andrews with tna it's just john just knows how to direct people when it comes to art he's a he's a crazy mad scientist so deep root is really to me the the thing that i'm looking forward to the most at the rest of this year because come November, I think it's the Arcade Expo in Houston. Come November, Deep Root Pinball is going to pull back the curtain and finally show us what they've been working on all this time. And I'm, I mean, it's, it's August, September, October. Like we have about four months to go. And in, those, in that time period, they must know that this is the moment. Now, I'm not sure if the five days of Deep Root are going to happen. I, I, I never understood why they did that. It was really weird. We said it was weird. It was premature. It's like, you know, don't create arbitrary deadlines and then miss them. Uh, you know, there's no point in doing it. You know, someone said to me, it was amazing. They're like, Cactus Canyon is delayed. I'm like, delayed? What, when's the release date? You can't be delayed if you don't have a release date. You know, and, and that's the whole thing. 
And so I think that come November, uh, are they going to show more than one game? Is it just going to be Raza and that's it? I think they have to show, I would just show two things. Here's what I would show if I were Robert. Sorry, got a little congestion there. Not even going to edit that out. You have to hear me like clear my clear my nose. I would show Magic Girl and Raza. The reason why we've already seen Magic Girl. In, in fact, if I were going to make a statement, if I were going to make a statement and I were them, I would show Magic Girl first because we've already seen Magic Girl. We've seen what a failure it was, but what a gorgeous failure it was. And so the title's already out there. And so I would show that game and I would say, look, at look, we did it. Like we figured out the puzzle that was John Papaduke's masterpiece. And here it is in all of its beautiful glory and all of its like artistic stu- stupender. Stupender. What? Chris, what the F is wrong with you today? I'm making stupender. S- splendor. Um, okay. And, and, and then, you know, then show Raza with it, which are the two titles. So the big questions for me with, with this company are, are simple. Like, is it going to be like a swappable play field platform? If it is, I think it's a huge mistake. And we, we keep going back to this, like, does swappable platforms work in pinball? And I, 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 hear, I hear Jerry's, you know, rationale for it. We saw Andrew Highway try to do it, which no one ever did. There is nowhere to put the stuff. Like it's, the, the, you know, it's so silly. Like you can't take out a play field for most people and, and, and actually you don't want to have to put it somewhere. And people like just having a game in its entirety because it's a work of art, right? It's a work of art. Like you could easily do, here, here's a good example. Do people swap out art within a single frame? Like you could buy a beautiful ornate frame. Are you going to like every six months put a new painting inside it and, and keep the frame there? and roll up the painting. No, people don't do that. It's And that's very much the same as pinball. It's like, I have Batman, I want it to be Batman. I don't wanna like take the decals off, take the play field out, like change the translate and then have to store all that stuff. I don't wanna have to do that. All right, so that's the big thing with Deep Root. Is it gonna be swappable or not? Can we take a sledgehammer to the play field or not? Um, how much is it gonna cost, right? He was like sort of insinuating they would be low priced. But then he also said he'd have like a $50,000 Alice in Wonderland. So somewhere in between $5,000 and $50,000, I expect Deep Root Games to fall. Um, So a lot of questions that will be answered. See, I'm excited because once they finally reveal it, then it's going to be a moment in which people are either going to love it or hate it. I really, I think there's going to be like very little like middle ground here. Um, And so I'm just curious to see what it is, okay? Now, the other question is just the very basic question is, is there still room for this company to succeed? Like, is, is there even an, an, an ability to find a new market in this marketplace uh, with the amount of games that are out? Where does it fall? And how are they going to manufacture? And how are they going to get games to people quickly? You know, Robert is on the record, and this is why I never would have said this. He is on the record for saying, when you order a Deep Root game, you will have it in two weeks. That's, there's no way you can do that, Robert. There's just no way you can ever get people. Uh, these You're not making t-shirts here. You're making pinball machines. And there's just no way that if he gets 1,000 orders in or 500, people, everyone's going to get them in two weeks. Like, it's just, it, I just hope all those sound bites don't come back to bite them. 
Um, but other than that, I look forward to seeing what these guys bring to the marketplace. All right. I think it's, I think the market, you know how I feel. The marketplace is way too crowded. There's not enough room for all these companies and people are going to fail. Half these companies are going to be out of business, uh, come the end of 2020. You know, it, you know, it to be true. It's not Canada's fault. It's because they made you Valkyrie and poker run and Sherlock Holmes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Calm guys. Just call me American pinball. Call me. Let's figure this out. All right. Let me read a couple emails and I'll let you guys go. So you can cover a lot. You can cover the whole industry in like 40 minutes. We don't need two hours. Okay. All right. I got an email. First of all, I asked Melissa over at Cointaker, would the big Lebowski's, would you have spare parts available for sale? She said, yes, we will have spare parts for people who buy those games. Um, so I think there's a lot of misinformation in the Lebowski thread. People don't know what they're talking about. Like, here's the thing. Melissa and Chris are very nice. They are some of the nicest distributors on the planet. All you got to do is call them up and ask them what's going on. They know what's going on because they're in the middle of it. You pinside babies don't know jack about what's going on with the Big Lebowski deal. All right, let's go here. So Jeff S. said, new inbox game conundrum. Some game advice. Follow through with your purchase of Pirates of the Caribbean Collector's Edition. Great one-of-a-kind game. You can always sell, but I think you'll enjoy it for a while. Sell the Big Lebowski before taking possession. You don't have room to store it in your apartment. You don't want to move it up and downstairs. Sell it for $14,000 to buy the other. That nets you $1.5K profit doing nothing or advertise it for sale at best offer by date X. The latter is kind of douchey, so maybe it's better to move this deal to someone else and to take your small commission. Who wants a Big Lebowski for 14000 I do, and I'm making the offer right now. That is my max offer. Jeff S., I love you, brother. You're crazy if you think a Big Lebowski is only worth fourteen k. I've got to pass on your deal. All right, Doug says... Um, Doug Mehar says, Lebowski, what would I do? He said, if I were in your shoes where I had no intention of keeping the game, I would give first rights of refusal to anyone that can provide a receipt for their early achiever payment. I would not make a large profit. I would simply flip it for what I have invested and a few extra bucks for my effort. That would allow EAs the opportunity to get the game they wanted or flip it and recoup some of the funds they lost. Sure, I could make a couple thousand bucks, but in the large scheme of things, is that really going to change my life? Would doing the right thing enrich me more than that money? No question. Doing the right thing, at least for me, feels 100 times better than pocketing money, especially on something that wronged so many people. Good opportunity to do the right thing here and set an example. Doug. Well, Doug, Look, I, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I think that this one feels bad to sort of crazy flip it and, and pocket that money. But but here's here's the here's the here's the thing. It's like there is a point in which if you can make eight thousand dollars, like that's these are not inconsequential amounts of money. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. Uh, to make for doing nothing, right? That's 16, because you're pocketing that money. That's the equivalent of like $16,000 bonus at work going into your pocket. Um, but I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And, and that's that's the dilemma with all this stuff is you got to weigh the money versus the morality of it and decide on what to do. I got an email from Shannon. Shannon says, hey there, 
Just listen to episode 377, but honestly, nothing new here surprises longtime listeners. I think most of your audience knows you are a pinball speculator and you don't have to justify being one or what to do with your money. What I would consider is just being transparent upfront to your audience the same way you try to hold manufacturers accountable or you come across disingenuously, or sorry, disingenuous later and people eventually may tune out. Uh, Shannon, I agree. And that is why I told everyone exactly where I'm at. And I will tell you, listener of the show, exactly what I do with these games. I will tell you exactly the money that I sell stuff for. And I will tell you the 100% transparent truth of, of the situation. So thank you, Shannon, for writing in. I appreciate you having uh, enjoyed episode 377. All right, I got an email from Ian about coming clean episode. Chris, keep on being you. Live your best life. Don't worry about haters. Life is too short. Take advantage of opportunities and make as much money as you can so you can live a great life. It's just pinball. I still love you. Love the show. Poor man, Ian. I love it. I feel like half my, you know, I've got listeners who are Democrats and I got listeners who are Republicans and you can tell exactly who's who by by these comments. Um, All right, let's see. I got an episode from Let's see. This is Tim Leonard. He says, hi, Chris. Congratulations on your Pirates CE acquisition. Well, not just yet, Tim. I haven't taken it. I still have to figure that out. Um, It's a fantastic game, and you should keep and enjoy it. As far as your future, the Big Lebowski, as as early achiever number 59, whose game you may be buying, congrats if you decide to keep it and enjoy it. If you decide to flip it for a profit, though, I hope it catches fire before you do so. No offense. Also, did you not state too long ago that you would no longer flip games for profit? I think I did. I think I did. And it's not my intention to do that. Like, I'm not in on Jurassic Park LE. I'm not trying to speculate every Stern LE. And I didn't buy Lebowski to flip it. I did not. I I actually just didn't think I'd have a chance to get it this year. But I just love the game. And that's why I want one. Like, it's not to make money off of it. But if I take Pirates, I just don't have any room for it. So that's that's my dilemma. That's my dilemma. All right. I got an email from Eric. Eric Stoic says, Kaneda, The Big Lebowski is a very fun game. One of the best worlds under glass, as you might say. As you've stated a few times, it would be frustrating to own one and not be able to get parts when it breaks. In that regard, the lo- logical conclusion is to sell it and get Pirates CE. I'll be listening to see what you do. Godspeed. Well, Eric, I will tell you exactly what I do when I do it, but nothing has been done yet. And as I said, there are spare parts for Lebowski. So does does that start to make more sense? All right. Ryan. This is Ryan. R-Yan Matthew. Okay. Ryan Matthew. He wrote in and said, traveling for business, went to SS Billiards in Minneapolis to play some Wonka LE and check out the difference between the SE and LE, specifically the glass elevator mech. Unfortunately, the mech was disabled, software locks only, on location with the certified JJP Tech LTG, and the physical lock is disabled. What TW? What what TF? Okay, all right. So I didn't know that. I mean, it sounds like I don't know if that means it's broken or not, or maybe they just wanted to have the code. Run, they they just want the pro code in both, and it disables. I don't know. I don't know if it's broken or not. I can't tell you. I heard that Wonkas are having, you know, typical brand new game out of, you know, brand new beta tester owners stuff. Like, Jersey Jack will solve all these little issues on the game uh, by the time they ship the collector's editions, which maybe, you know, that's why they waited. I still think it was a mistake. Okay. All right. 
Kevin, Kevin Clements, your Lebowski dilemma. I vote for you flipping Lebowski for as much profit as possible. Didn't know about the moment you lost, uh, didn't know about the amount you lost on Magic Girl. Think of it as the pinball gods smiling down on you and giving you an opportunity to balance the scales a bit. Haters gonna hate no matter what, man. Bring that awesome pirates into your place and give the opportunity to wow you. Congrats on scoring the Lebowski and best of luck making your sunk cost on Magic Girl. Kevin, I hear you, man. It's like I'm still, even if I flip it for eight grand, I'm just breaking even then. Uh, yeah, I've lost a lot. Stupid, stupid decisions I've made, um, especially chasing Magic Girl. Oh, the game was just like so beautiful. It got, it got me all, all confused. All right, Ed writes, full transparency. Chris, thank you for being so passionate about pinball and providing the great entertainment for me as I commute to and from work. Stay true to who you are and honest with your podcast. Your demand. Thank you, Ed. I think I can count on you for a twippy vote this year. All right, who else did I miss here? Do, do, do. Neil Shelton. He writes, look up the PinQuest thread. Hope all is well, dude. Well, Neil, Neil is that the founder of PinQuest. Um, I did. It's silly. It's silly. PinQuest is cool. Um, I love what you're doing, Neil. I think it's great. I think people that make uh, comments like they'll boycott PinQuest because you sponsor Canada's Pinball Podcast are silly. People like this podcast. It's entertaining. If you're a grown man and you can't stomach this podcast, something's wrong with you. All right. I think we're almost at the hour mark and it's like Saturday morning and I want to let you go 56 minutes of pure Canada greatness. Everybody, enjoy your weekends. Enjoy pinball. Hit me up at canadapinball at gmail.com. Let me know what you think is going to happen in 2019, 2020. Do you think Deep Root's going to take over the pinball world? Do you think Elvira is going to be a smash hit? Do you think Scott Denise's game is going to crush it? Do you think there's any room? Oh, we didn't even talk about home pin. Hey, guys, home pin. Okay, yeah, no, they're going to go out of business. Making a game for the Chinese market. Oh, yeah, that's going to work real well. See you later, guys. (laughs) 